Hi, and welcome to WOW Talk. I'm Donna Capacity, a thriving cancer survivor. And I'm her naturopathic doctor, Darlene Gustin. We're here to encourage, educate, and empower you on your journey to optimum wellness. Hi, and welcome. Hi, Donna. Hey. (laughs) What am I talking about today? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So today, I guess we're going to talk about cholesterol. Great topic. Great topic. It affects a lot of people. And the big thing about this one is you can't feel it happening. So unless you go and get tested, you wouldn't even know it was happening. But um, it's an important number to know about your blood work. Okay, so why don't we start with that? What do we do? What do we do to check it? And how often should we check it? And is there an age we should start? Right. So the starting age depends on your family history and your lifestyle. So, I mean, I've met patients who started with the problem in their 20s, but it's certainly more common in your 40s and 50s. And then it could, you know, stay with you a lifetime or years or decades. And it's something that is usually on the list with just regular annual physical blood work. And um, it's something that is broken down into compartments. So they have total cholesterol, quote, good cholesterol, quote, bad cholesterol. So so you want to see all of that. And the concern has been focusing on cholesterol's role in being a risk factor of cardiovascular disease and uh, an indicator of potential plaque blockages in the arteries with time. And even though that has been the science and the mindset on the street for the last 30 years or so, the whole cholesterol theory isn't as true as we once believed that it was. So so when I go to the professional conferences on cardiovascular disease, a lot of the presenters who are presenting the newest research, their opening line is exactly this, cholesterol does not cause heart disease, dot, dot, dot. Sugar does. So cholesterol's out, sugar's in. Wow, that is really fascinating. Yes. Okay. So, so cholesterol is still worth knowing. And a lot of people, when they hear that their cholesterol is elevated, they start thinking that they should eat better and avoid fats, especially saturated fats. And of course, that's the healthy right answer. And maybe they think I should not eat eggs. So eggs have been studied a lot. So eggs are back. Now Now they're saying you can have a certain amount of eggs. Last conference I went to, the number was four. You could have four a week. And it's now allowed again as, as a healthy balance of diet. But ultimately, diet doesn't re- isn't really the main source of your cholesterol anyway. Okay, so what is? So... Everything else, everything else. So at most, um, your diet really only impacts about 15 to 20% of your total circulating cholesterol. And the rest can be for any number of reasons. It could be from hormonal imbalances. If cholesterol is backlogged in the body, like cholesterol is the building block from which you make steroid hormones. So an interesting thing to know about cholesterol is that only 15 to 20% of your circulating cholesterol has anything to do with diet. And the rest of your cholesterol is created in your body, primarily in your liver, 
for any number of other reasons. So it could be your liver's fault. It could be that you have a hormonal imbalance with your thyroid or with your steroid hormones. Even something like stress, when your cortisol is high due to stress, that could also lead to high cholesterol. Or having a, a poor diet, but not just in the area of fats, but having a high carb, high sugar diet can change the chemistry in the body to end up having high cholesterol. And, and it's not bad, like cholesterol, when people think of, when they hear the word cholesterol, they think it's a bad word. Well, cholesterol, it has a purpose in the body. And one of the things that cholesterol does is it's very important nutrient for the brain. And it's a building block from which hormones are produced. So you do need a certain amount of cholesterol to do what cholesterol is supposed to do. And a lot of my patients who are on prescription medications to reduce their circulating cholesterol will have a lot of neurological symptoms. So a very common side effect of cholesterol medications are memory loss or muscle cramps. So, so if there's any way you could do it through a lifestyle change, that would be much better. And the supplements on the market, some people will start eating oatmeal and, and there have been studies on eating oatmeal for six weeks brings your cholesterol down this much and an approach like that is it the oatmeal or is it the soluble fiber that was in the oatmeal so foods with high soluble fiber they sponge up the cholesterol and they carry it out of the body which is lovely but why did you even make the extra cholesterol in the first place so yeah. Yeah. So, so some naturopaths will get focused on the fiber and other naturopaths like myself were more hung up on the ultimate root cause. And, mm -hmm. and just how I said it now, don't overproduce the cholesterol in the first place. And of course you should still eat the fiber. Yes. So it's funny. I was going to ask you about the oatmeal, but you uh, <laughs> answered that already. Um, what is the difference between good and bad cholesterol? Simplistically speaking, HDL, the good cholesterol, it's more likely to unglue itself. It's not the sticky kind of cholesterol. And the LDL, the quote, bad one, that is the one that is more sticky. So what happens is things stick together and then adhere to the inside lining of the vessels and create plaque blockages and it doesn't happen overnight so it's it's really something that's a result of lifestyle and for the longest time it was thought that if you had cardiovascular plaque that it was not a reversible situation but it is then then another study comes out and says that for every um year of compliance on the lifestyle change, including the Mediterranean diet, that you could dissolve the plaque at a rate of about 10% per year. But I have a lot of very ambitious patients who I have seen their advanced blockages dissolve way more than 10% in one to two years, even gone, right? So, so it takes a lot of dedication and and medicine is not black and white. It's not like everything works for everybody. But sure. it's it's something you should do regardless, right? Is is to eat well and reduce your stress and get your exercise. 
Okay, so would we revisit that Mediterranean diet that we've talked about before in the past? Would that, that be something? I know that you can't just give, you know, a treatment out there to the general public. As we were saying, uh, all of our viewers, our listeners are, um, we're all unique and different things work for different people. But in impact to general terms, though, would, would that be um, something for someone to consider? Absolutely. Like it, it's highly effective for many people with blood pressure, blood sugar and cholesterol. And like I said, the, the new main cause of cardiovascular disease coming out of research for the last five years, but still not common knowledge on the street, is that it's actually sugar was the main culprit all along. And that doesn't mean that we ignore cholesterol. Um, every part of your chemistry should be balanced. But the Mediterranean diet, it has been studied for decades. And one of the benefits of that is that it does assist with cholesterol reduction. And the, the definition of that Mediterranean diet, there is a lot of soluble fiber in there. So, of course, I do what every naturopath does. If somebody, if we're working on somebody's cholesterol, I will say, make sure you get sufficient amount of soluble fiber because there's different kinds of fiber and soluble fiber is the one that is like a jelly sponge that sucks up the cholesterol. And so soluble fiber, you'll find it in foods such as brown rice, oatmeal, apples, pears, beets, prunes, ground up flax seeds, ground up psyllium, which some of you know as the product name Metamucil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the popular one. So, so those are sources of soluble fiber, but also in beans. The Mediterranean diet has a lot of beans and lentils in there. It does not have a lot of animal meat or saturated fats. And there's fish in there, lots of fruit and vegetables, very low on the grains. So if you look at the Mediterranean diet, you could close your eyes and say, oh, that diet's for a diabetic. You could open your eyes, look at it again, go, oh, that diet's for high blood pressure. You could look at it as that diet is for cholesterol. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. So that's how all humans are supposed to eat. But we're just so far away from healthy eating in the typical North American lifestyle. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And then back to the correlation between cholesterol and cardiovascular disease, um, or people like, let's just say people having heart attacks. Uh, does it always go hand in hand or not necessarily? Not necessarily, especially if you're a woman, right? So the whole understanding of the pathology of cardiovascular health and the chemistry and how we screen for it, how we test, which tests we do, those don't catch it for everybody. And as much as 50% of the people who have cardiovascular blockages don't have any of those warning signs. So sometimes a young, healthy person magically has a heart attack or, or accidentally finds out they have blockage. They're getting an ultrasound for some other reason. Hey, by the way, you know, when I see the ultrasound reports of my middle-aged patients and they're looking for gallstones on that same report, the radiologist might say, and there is noticed some placking of the abdominal aorta. So, um, so cholesterol is behind that for a lot of people, but not always. And 
sometimes it's more about the blood vessel. So, and you could have normal circulating cholesterol because it always was normal, or you could have high cholesterol and you're on a medication. So now your circulating cholesterol is normal. And that has nothing to do with whether or not the blood vessel itself is inflamed. And vascular inflammation, the inflammation of the vessel itself, makes the vessel sticky, like Velcro. So even though the normal lowered amount of cholesterol is driving around in the bloodstream, these Velcro blood vessels sneak a little cholesterol here and there, here and there, so you have a normal blood test, but you are hiding a blockage. So that's why you have to be as thorough as possible in the screening and especially take those extra steps if you're a postmenopausal woman, because it's different in women after menopause. It's, they're the most likely person to have an issue that didn't necessarily get detected the way that we've been screening for heart disease in the last 30 years. Wow. So there's vascular inflammation and, and then knowing sugar as well. So, so two blood tests that I look for too, like when, when you see cholesterol, it is a reflection of what you've been doing right or wrong for the last three months. But I equally look at the importance of another blood test called HbA1c, which is like the last three months of how good you handle sugar and carbs. Sure. So they're like 50-50 with me and, and just as important as far as keeping somebody healthy from a more than just cardiovascular disease. It, it's important even in my cancer survivors to look at those things. There are big players in the balance of human chemistry. And, and you could also vary seasonally. So I tell my patients, if you're having your annual physical every September and you're an avid golfer who has a garden, who is outside walking in the sunshine all summer, eating out of your own backyard, you're going to look awesome in September. But if you love Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas is a season, not a day, and That's you right. bake for six weeks, and, and your sedentary winter lifestyle is full of sugar and butter and gravy and turkey, you might not look so good in January because right. the last three months, and on top of that, you went for a cruise, right? Yes. <laughs> With that buffet that never ends. Yeah. <laughs> Food and drink so, all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you get tested matters as well. Okay. And HDL, the, the one that we refer to as good cholesterol, that is also a really good reflection of not just a healthy diet, but also that number, you can increase the number of HDL with increased activity level and, and better lifestyle. So the, the answer is not always food or medication or supplements. Okay, so what's our takeaway from all this regarding cholesterol? Well, let's give a really old-fashioned answer to that. So ultimately, the modern way to answer this question would say that it's lifestyle medicine. It's, it's a very preventable thing that is a problem for many people because of modern lifestyle. 
or SAD, Standard American Diet. And But the old-fashioned way, the way I really want to answer that question is a quote. I don't know if it's a quote or a saying, but I often post it on my social media. Who are the six best doctors? Sunshine, exercise, oxygen, water, food, and love. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. And I really live by that, believe in that, maximize that. I don't want you on garlic pills any more than I want you on statins. Like, go eat your beans and rice. I love it. I love the natural way to manage cholesterol today. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so six best doctors. Amazing. Well, on that note, thank you all for listening. <laughs> and if you have any other questions, any questions, any comments, please send them our way. You can see our email address in the description. And thank you so much again. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.